shall prosper. And every word that rises up in judgment, we shall condemn it. For this is the word of the Lord. We thank you in advance for the move of God tonight. We thank you, God, for unseen miracles, God, in our lives, God. Uh, God, so much in the natural, but spiritual miracles that you open our minds and our spirits that we might not sin against you. You open our minds, God, that we might hear your word with clarity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was praying on them the other day, and um, I ended up in the book of um, uh, Second Kings, and we're going to go back um, that what I was studying the other day, Second Kings, and the prophet Elijah, the prophet Elijah. So you can turn your Bibles. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, to First Kings, um, starting at the seventeenth um, uh, verse, and we're going to go start at the uh, the first verse. First Kings seventeen and the uh, first verse. This chapter is about the prophet Elijah with the J. Um, this was one of the most prolific prophets um, that God created. This prophet had such a relationship with Christ that when um, God spoke a word, everything that he said out of his mouth, God honored it. Amen. And this particular chapter speaks of the prediction of three and a half years of drought. Amen. This is First Kings 17th chapter. 17th chapter. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. And it says thus, And Elijah was a Tisbite, who was of an inhabitant of Gilead. And he said unto Ahab, As the Lord God liveth of Israel, he liveth before whom I stand there, shall not be dew nor rain these three years, according to my word. Amen. Verse 2 says, and, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself before the Jordan. Verse 4, And it shall be that thou that shall drink of the brook, and I has commanded a raven to feed thee. Amen. Verse 5. And so he went and did accordingly unto the word of the Lord. And he went up and dwelt by the brook of 
Shalif, that before the Jordan, and, and the raven brought him um, bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Verse 7, and it says, and it came to pass that after a while uh, that the brook dried up because there was, there had been no rain in the land. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, and which he belongeth to Zion, and he dwelt there. Behold, and I have commanded thee to a widow to feed. Amen. Here is the story of the prophet, and uh, um, God told to the prophet, now the prophet are considered to be seers and hearing a relationship um, with God. And God comes to the prophet and says to him, now, for the next three, three and a half years, there will be no water. But he just said, he didn't just say there's no water. He said that there was no dew. That means there was no water, there no stimulants water, there was nothing around. The, the whole earth would be dry. It would be completely dry. But God allowed the animal, a raven, to come daily, twice a day, and made sure that the prophet was being fed while the whole nation was being parched by the sun. Um, they couldn't um, feed their, mother, their, their children water. They couldn't do anything. But because a, God commanded the raven, God commanded the raven, the raven. The raven was an animal, um, was designed to pick up and to eat dead things. Um, the raven was an animal of prey. The animal... Uh, it was an animal that um, rarely was around human beings. It was an animal um, that spent much of its time alone or with other uh, ravens, looking and scavenging for dead things. But God changed the whole nature of the raven because he uh, wanted people to understand that God is in control of even everything down from the birds and the bees to the animals and the trees, that, the, that everything that moves by the power of God, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it feels like. It's not what we want to have it happen, but God himself commands these things to happen in the natural Okay, um, uh, as human beings, we have an opportunity to say whether or not we're going to live for him because he gives us free will. But in the case of the animals, the animals only move with its commands. Even like these diseases now that we are now facing for 
a over a 200 year pandemic on the earth um um only god has allowed these situations to happen because i believe that god is trying to get the church together that god's trying to get his people to know that he's god he's large he's in charge and because man now has become so sinful or in sin nature um even though he gives man his opportunity to live for him but the raven on the other hand is moving by the power and the will of god as the prophet the prophet moves and speaks at only by the will of god so when the bible says that god spoke to the prophet the prophet didn't move by itself the private prophet couldn't make his own decisions says i'm i'm so angry at this nation i'm so angry um at this man that i'm going i just want them all killed but no um um the prophet stood and waited for a word from the god god so now here god comes to the prophet and says for the next three years the next three and a half years i'm going to come man the earth not to yield one drop of water one morsel of dew um and water is one thing water is something you can touch you can taste you can feel you can um consume but dew means there's no sign of a living water there's no dew you can't find nothing that looks like or resembles um um the sign of water and everybody that lives on the earth um uh, has to live um by having some kind of water in our body our metabolism does not work without water in our body that's why we as human beings we must use take water every day in our body to replenish that what we taken out in other words we might take water in our body through our our um our mouths but uh it comes out with in our other part of our system okay because that's why it's so essential as a human being now there's certain animals will only drink water every two or three days or some animals can go months and miles uh without water like camels um um some kind of um other uh animals of on the earth but god has designed man himself to live um with lo- water with our body so when we don't water drink water for a length of time then our digestive tract system acts crazy there's a great thirst within our mouths because our body is saying i need water in my system um and stuff um even when you go to the bathroom and you um feel like you can't to uh release water if you just put on some water in the sink you will hear the water um it draws water out of your body even when you sit in the bathtub sometimes as soon as you're in the water it seems like that your body is releases water from your body into the bathroom uh and the bathtub itself so it is it is necessary for water 
to go through our bloodstreams. But God spoke a word uh, to the prophet that says, for the next three years, there won't be no water. There will be no stimulus of water. Even though my body needs the water, God says, because they are being disrespectful, because do they do not there have a, a judgment against them because they were doing things against the will of God. I'm just going to stop water from just existing. He said, but because of the prophet, because of the man of God, because you're carrying my word, because I'm giving you not just natural word, but spiritual word, I'm going to make sure that you will live. I I will make sure that you will exist. And not just exist, but you know what? I'm going to take that thing that eats dead things, and I'm going to reprogram the the animal that eats dead things to come and feed you every single day. Man, I love you so much that even though we're in that pandemic, I'm going to make a way out of escape for you. In the midst of everything, um, when you might not have food to eat, I'm going to make sure organizations give Bun money and food for the existence of his church, his people. I'm going to feed you in the midst of a famine. I'm going to prosper you in the midst of a famine. I'm going to prosper your spirit man in the midst of a famine, even though my church houses, my synagogues, my places of worship, I'm going to feed you, man of God, in the midst of our storms. So the bird and God talks to each other. And he says, oh, Mr. Raven, I know you're not built for um, um, eating living things, but I'm going to reprogram you to feed this man of God because he's given them a word from heaven. But what I want you to do is I want you to go um by this particular brook. Now every which means everywhere it had dried up except this brook. This place Sharif. And and Prophet, I want you to go there and hide. I want you to go there and 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 be by yourself with me. Prophet, I want you to spend some time with me. Prophet, I want you to know that I want to speak some things from heaven just for you. Prophet, I want you to know that you might not, you think by your, you're by yourself, but somewhere, somehow, there's a word coming just for you. Why? Because you belong to me, and most of all, I belong to you. Yes. So he says, now, go by the brook. Sit there and let the raven feed you. Sit there and wait a word from heaven. While the whole world is trying to say there is no water, there will be no rain, but if you go and take my directions that you will not die, but you shall live and declare the works of uh, the Lord. Again, 4 says this, And it shall be that thou 
shall drink of the brook. So you're going to the brook and you're going to live there and you're going to drink there. And I have commanded. God says, I have commanded. I have commanded. I have commanded the raven to feed you. And I have commanded down the line to feed you. Hallelujah. Um, from the little uh, uh, miraculously. So if we sit and do what God told us to do, he will feed us naturally. He will feed us spiritually. He will feed us emotionally. He will feed us financially. When we go in that place where God has told us to be. And that was, at that time, this book called, this, this place called Cherise by Jordan. Verse 6 says this, And the raven brought him bread and flesh in the morning. Now, the dead thing that was not supposed to feed you will feed you. At the living word's orders, the same dead thing that said uh, there was nothing you would, nothing coming that was going to feed you, that was going to be alive. I'm going to feed you with that animal. I'm an animal that doesn't like to be around a lot of people. I especially don't like about a people around you when I eat. Um, um, I, I live in the country, and I know there were times when we lived in the country, there was a, a dead animal, my dear a bird, it might be a cow, it could be a, a deer, um, but the that, that animal, the raven, always goes and eats dead things. It eats it till the bones have fallen off. It is dead, there's nothing there, but yet the dead thing has found life in its sources. Okay. But God commands that raven, that raven doesn't, that doesn't like human beings, that that raven that doesn't like people, that raven likes to be by himself. Um, he is now is commanded by God from the heavenlies to feed the man of God. And where he was, he was surrounded by water. So therefore, the man of God not only drank, ate, he bathed in it, and he was comfortable because God had made provisions for us. Just like today, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic, two-year-old pandemic, our hurricanes around us, things falling around us that doesn't look like normal, different strains of this disease coming from Africa and other countries. In the middle of this, God will provide for us like he provided through the raven. And he not just did it every day, but he came, the Bible says that the raven came every day, twice a day, and fed the prophet. And he was consumed and near a brook. He was there by water. He could sustain himself, his cleanliness, holiness, his baptism. 
he would contain this prophet because it was the will of God. So when we get in the will of God, okay, when we get in the will of God, there is no struggle. But if there's a struggle, it's only because God is trying to teach us something. When it seems like nothing's working right and you're doing all that you can do humanly possible and spiritually possible and it's still such a struggle, God trying to teach us something. Maybe he's trying to teach us how to pray more. Maybe he's teaching us how to uh, depend on him more. Maybe he's trying to teach us that if we yield our voices, our minds, our bodies, and our spirits, and don't move until God tells us to move again, God's trying to make a way of escape for us when it doesn't look like it's a way of escape. I remember years ago when my children were small, I think my daughter might have been four and I, my son might have been two. I remember having living in this, I was in this dream and it looks like I was in a, in a, in a stairwell. And the stairwell, uh, as you go up the stairwell, we were going up a stairwell and the fire was coming behind us. And then when I got to the top of the stairwell, I saw the fire coming down to consume us. And I began to say, God, these are my children. I said, even it's me, God, protect my children. And I prayed and I prayed, and it looks like the more I prayed, the closer and closer came came the fire. And I didn't know what to do. I began to pray, and I was hugging my children, and I was trying to protect them from the fire. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wall opened up, and we walked right through the wall so that the fire met the fire. But my son son and my daughter and I were saved. So God makes a way of escape for us um, when we don't understand God. But he never tells us to understand him. In fact, he tells us, lean not to your own understanding, but in all things acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. So sometimes um, when we're trying to direct our paths, things doesn't work so good. If we're trying to direct our path because it's our will and not God's will, But when we stand and wait on God out of nowhere, um, and like the book of where he was in at this place at this time near the brook, God was making up a way of escape when the whole world around was was looking for water and looking for answers and looking for uh, things and lips were drying up and people were dying um, because there was nothing to sustain this body. Uh, and this body works, it lives off of more than one-third of water in our bodies. That's why we have to drink so much water because we are water. Where Our, bo- our bodies are co- primarily made up of water um, and stuff like that. So uh, God makes a way of escape for us. 
the same way God is making a way of escape for this prophet who only moved when God told him to move. Only did what God told him to do. And when because of that, God made a way out of no way. Um, and, and we do that sometimes. We want to move faster God, faster than God, or we want to push God to the next level. But God is the level, and when we do out of the will of God, we make mistakes. We make it out of mistakes. And he's trying to tell us something because we're moving too fast and we're not waiting for the will of God. Juanita Bynum has this song that says, I don't, I don't mind waiting. I'm waiting on the Lord. But, you know, sometimes I think for us, some, the hardest thing for us to do is to wait on the Lord. Wait, because men in the natural don't want to wait for anything. We don't want to wait for the bus to come. We don't want to wait for the car to come. We don't wait um, for anything because we are constantly in motion. Some of us from before, when we wake up in the morning to the middle of the night, we don't stop moving. And if we don't stop moving long enough, we can't hear the voice of God. If we don't wait just for a little while, we do not hear the voice of God clearly. Well, he's trying to tell us, wait, don't get on that bus, because um, if that bus comes, um, it'll break down, and you're still going to end up getting waiting uh, with a whole bunch of angry people um, with the covert 19 for the next bus. And sometimes in our saying in our things and our lives that when we wait on him, he is preparing a way of escape for us. But when we get to the point where we God's saying to us, Now now you're walking in destruction, you're being disobedient, you don't end, you don't read your Bible, you don't pray, you don't consider people, you don't treat people right, you don't show love to them, you don't show them compassion. God's trying to tell us that we must walk like, talk like, act like we are the very images of who Christ is. Again, we're supposed to look like, act like, walk like, live like, be like the representation of Christ on the earth. And that's what prophets are doing. Okay, the prophets that love God. The prophets that's going to do what do what's right, okay. The prophets that's going to give a word, but then there's sometimes God God has a word, uh, and He doesn't say it's a word, but not right now, okay. And we have to wait on the timing of God, okay. Israel was in such a mess. This. Israel was so um, disrespectful that God said, uh-uh, I just made up my mind. Okay, the one thing that you need the most is water. So I'm going to dry up the place. I'm going to make you pray. I'm going to put you in a place that you cannot survive without me. Because what's the good of having a lot of, a lot of food to eat and you have no water to wash it down with? What's the good of having a lot of 
a lot of uh, water um, and you don't bathe. What's the, what's the point of having a lot of everything and you don't know God for yourself? What's the point of saying, I'm going to church every day, but you really don't know Christ, you're just having a form and a fashion. Um, I go to church because it's Sunday, or I go to church because it's Wednesday night, but I don't go to church because of relationship. You're going to church because it's just that day to go. It's almost like the Jews. The Jews were religious. The Jews knew how to shout. The Jews know knew all the laws. The Jews uh, was very ceremonial, but they had no relationships. Okay. Okay, like these people. They, they knew what to do, but they chose not to do it. So God said, I'm going to deal with them. But because the man to God, the man to God had a relationship with me. I'm going to make sure that man to God is taken care of. Um, I'm going to make sure uh, this man to God um, could hear my voice. So when I speak something, he could hear it. Um, I, I have a relationship with this man so that when Elijah speaks something, he speaks it with clarity from the word of God. He speaks it with clarity that knowing it is the will of God. He doesn't have to worry about whether God said it or how he said it and when he said it and where he said it because he's telling God. He went by the brook. He told them what he was going to do because he was hearing a direction and a word from the living God. I didn't have to, he didn't have to get a, a word through uh, a, a, a pastor. He didn't have to go. He got his word directly from God. And that's what happens when people have a relationship with Christ. Not a church, not a building, through a people, through an organization. But we're talking about relationships, knowing him for yourself, knowing him through the volume of the book, knowing him that he is Christ, knowing him that when you sin and you fall short, you go back to God and say, oh, Father, forgive me. I repent before you. I repent if I've hurt people. I repent, and I'm going to make it right, God, because I know that's the right thing to do. Something we can't do because it's uh, expedient or easy to do. But we have to do things because we know in the sight of God, this is the right thing to do. God has given us 66 books in this Bible. And all of these 66 books is, the, is written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that it does not lie. The Bible, it says, it does not lie. It is given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So with assurity that everything in this book is sanctioned by the Holy Spirit himself. And when you're sanctioned by the Holy Ghost, you're going to write, do right by him. But we know that Paul says that, that there's a warring in our members. And it is true that we will have a war in our members. Why one will say, oh, eat this. No, you don't need that. 
or one will say, oh, I've got to go to church today. And the other part says, no, you know, you really don't want to go to church today because you've got a lot of things to do. And then one part of your, your spirit says, oh, oh, I need to pray. Let me go pray. And you get on your knees and all of a sudden the bell rings. There, the phone rings. There, the, the, somebody at the door knocks on the door because there's a warring in our members because it doesn't want us to tap in to the mind of God, Christ. It, it, it want, doesn't want us to have a relationship, a talk to him, uh, uh, breathe when he breathes, talk, think when he thinks, pray when he prays. Um, um, that's how we get uh, the unction of the Holy Ghost under the God's ruling of his word. And when we go to him every time we say, God, what must I do to be saved? God, make me a better person. God, give me a clean heart and the right spirit. So now, if he told us to ask for a clean heart, that means apparently sometimes the heart is not right. And then he said, and a, a right spirit. God, I want to do right. I want to think right. I want to act right. I want to be right. I want to live for you. So God, create me in me a clean heart and a right spirit. So here is the prophet Elijah sitting by the brook for three or three and a half years praying and talking to God and, and having the animals come and feed him every day where naturally uh, they weren't supposed to feed him because it was the kind of animal that ate their things. But God spoke a word to a raven. God will speak a word sometimes to a person that you really don't even like, but you'll know with intent that it was a word from the Lord. God will give us that kind of relationship that sometimes God will give us a word that right from where we don't want to hear it from, but we know because the function of us will let us know that it is the word from the Lord. Relationships, relationships. Elijah had a relationship. This prophet was so in tune to God. He was in tune to God. Elijah. Elijah was a man spent a lot of a time alone. Just like there was another Bible in the, test, the, Old, the New Testament, he spent a lot of time alone. His prophets spend a lot of time alone. Those prophets were prophet Elijah. Amen. Hallelujah. And John the Baptist. John the Baptist and him were both powerful men of God. Hallelujah. Um, they both actually wore the same kind of clothes. Okay? That was in Second Kings 1, 8. And Matthew 3 and 4. Uh, those two prophets or prophetical orders were both fearless and bold. And they were ready to rebuke anything. And that's what true prophets are. Prophets aren't so much to give you a house or give you a prospect uh, to tell you about I'm going to get a new house, a new car. But prophets were bold and fearless and they spoke what God told them to speak, and they wasn't worried about it. They weren't 
upset. They just said, thus say the Lord. And both of these men um, were sought to be killed by people. Um, that they both were um, discouraged about a lot of things in life. Prophets tend to spend a lot of time because the heart of they have the heart of God in them, and they want um, they want what God wants for His people. And sometimes they get frustrated and aggravated because they see things that the natural man a lot of times can't see. And the prophets and the, uh, like John the Baptist uh, and Elijah um, were preachers of righteousness. People say a lot of times, well, well, well um, Pastor, I thought that um, all preachers were supposed to preach um, um, righteousness. Well, I can tell you in today and time, a lot of pastors don't preach righteousness. They might hit at righteousness, but just down, down preaching about righteousness and living for the Lord and living holy um, um, uh, it's far and being uh, between now. A lot of preachers don't do that. They preach um, according to how much money you can get out of me or or or, or how I feel like that. that one day I'm a, I'm a preacher and I don't, uh, but I'm, I'm a human being. Yes, we are in a human body physically, but when we begin to come forth out of our mouths, our loins, we're supposed to come out with the word of God. No ifs, no ands, no buts, because preachers are supposed to preach on the righteousness of God. That comes out of Matthew twenty-one thirty-eight. That both John the Baptist and the prophets, um, they, uh, they were fruitful in their ministry. They did a lot of things that um, people would know that they were true men and women of God. And they had good influence. Elijah was one of the most um, renowned prophets uh, in the Bible um, because, again, God honored his word and God fulfilled his word through him. Okay. And God gave them gave him quite a bit of prophecies aligned in the in the Old Testament. Um and Elijah as well, John the Baptist. There were both forerunners of the Lord Jesus Christ. And at some point they both had elapses of their faith, questioning whether it was God or whether um, this was the right thing to do, or whether um, it was really what God told them to do. And both of them were prophets. Hallelujah. And that runs reference into Matthew 11 and 9. So prophets are created and made in the mind of Christ to live for them. And that's why they spend a lot of time alone. Uh, that's why um, their their mindset is towards God. They are no, they don't have their lapses of time. That one minute they want to be saved, and one minute they're going 
either they're saved or they're not. Now, you can have some that in and out, in and out, in and out. So you, but I'm talking about the real prophets that are called from before the foundation of the earth, that when you do make mistakes, you repent, and you do not make it mistake after mistake and a mistake. And God honors their prayers. God honors his name through them. Hallelujah. So the prophets were seers. Prophets knew, had a relationship with Christ. And today in our modern day, 2020, this day, there are existing prophets today. Some are not as well known as others. But Christ gets his word through his people. Whether it's prophets, apostles, preachers, teachers, lay people, God is giving his word to his people that are seeking after him and are looking and waiting for the manifestation of his glory. That God will feed us in a famine. That God will knock on your door and say, um, there's a box of food that people are giving away food. Why? Because he's allowing his people to be fed even by the enemy, even by the government. God is feeding his people physically, financially, spiritually, and emotionally. The government has made a way for the people of God getting checks now because of this pandemic. Um, um, God's making a way um, um, for our children to be having free lunches at, 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 at school. God is making a way of provisions for us even now. God is doing what he said he was going to do, which is make a way for his people, making a way for his ecclesia in the midst of every storm. Hallelujah. Every death, every breath, every death that has gone on to be leave this earth, it is only at the allowance of God. But we're blessed, saints. We're blessed. We don't need a prophet to know that we have to put a mask on our faces today. And it's not because we don't trust God, trust people, okay? But the Bible also says this. It says to obey the laws of the land, okay? So uh, the Bible says that wisdom speaks. Wisdom was so great on the earth that when God spoke the universe into existence, wisdom was right there. He said, I'm going to make this on the first day. I'm going to do this on the second day because God is a God of order, like the prophet, he gets a word from heaven, and he speaks this word. And God is speaking today that he will make a way of escape for his people. He's making a way emotionally. Because some people, with all this lockdown, um, people are just acting crazy. People just, they're sick and tired of being in their own houses. Why? Because they don't have relationships. They don't have friends. They don't have relationship with friends. They don't have close friends. They don't have somebody to pray with. They don't have somebody 
to talk to. Sometimes people get frustrated now because all these things are going on on the earth. But everything happens because God has allowed. If God is trying to get his church, that if you didn't want to go to church then, and I gave you free will, I give you a way of escape, I gave you everything you need to just get here and praise me and love on me and hold on to me and lead my scriptures and have a, a night of prayer. Uh, but now I'm going to put you in a place, the whole earth, that you're going to need me. Because you can run away from everybody else. I remember my mother would always tell me this. She said, you can run away from everybody else, but you can't run away from you. You have to learn to love you. You will learn to be content with you. That's why some people get up and marry again and again and again. Why? Because they're content. They, they, they're lonely. They need have to have something. But the relationship with Christ is further more than money, more than jewels, more than rubies, more than diamonds. When you have a relationship with Christ and you can read your Bible and you can get on your knees and you can talk to God on a consistent basis, there is no love any greater than knowing Christ for yourself. And because many people don't have that relationship with Christ, they're looking for drinks, they're looking for alcohol, they're looking for sex out of badlock, they're looking uh, for food, they're looking for the prettiest dress, they're looking for the biggest house, they're looking for the fanciest car, they're looking for uh, to fly to New York or fly to Paris or go ahead. They're looking for things because they can't, they're unhappy. But the greatest happiness that we can have is like the prophet Elijah. He was content and waited patiently for the bird that was not built to feed him daily, would come twice a day and feed this human being, okay, this animal that was vicious, that would attack dead things. God make that animal do the opposite of its nature. To feed a man that loved God enough and was daring enough to say what thus say the Lord no matter what was going on. That is the love of Christ. That is relationship with Christ. That is the Holy Ghost itself that makes you can be content in every state you're in. The Bible says to be content. It says whether you're abased or abound. In other words, you're happy or whether you're not happy. Whether you're rich or you're poor. Whether you be medium-sized or not. Whatever, whatever it takes, be happy. And however God has blessed us. I like the Jews. The Jews were jealous. Jews hated God. The Bible, uh, one, one scripture says that, that the enemy, that, that the Jews were the enemies of God. Why? Because they didn't recognize he was the Christ. He was the anointed one. He came down so that this whole world could live and exist because of him. He died and on a cross 
And he got up on the third day. The Bible says with all power. He took the keys. Ah, God. He took the keys. And came that gave us life. And now we're walking and we're waiting now again from a prophetic word from God. That people might be saved again. That people might be filled with the Holy Ghost again. That our sons and daughters will know their God. That our sons and daughters will see our images and know that we have been with God. That we have to get in a place that when we are have a relationship with God on a continual basis, there's no worry, there's no doubt, there's no decision that if God says he's going to feed, feed us, he's going to feed us. If God says he's going to make a way for us, he will. If whatever God says, he will do it in due season. And the problem is that we don't wait for our due season. We're a Burger King generation. We want Burger King now. We want McDonald's now. We don't want a home-cooked meal. We want everything now. But God's waiting for us today to have a due season in him. Mm. But when the, pra- the, the prophetic God's word comes forth on this earth for this generation, God will open those eyes that want to be opened. And those that don't want to be opened, they will go to hell. Because God says now it's time to draw the line. And either you're going to live for him or you're God. You're not going to live for him or you're going to die. Well, it's not so much a physical death, but a spiritual death because you made up your mind that you're, you're selective in your God. You're le- selective in your friendships. You're, you're selective on your job. You just do what you want to do. And God's trying to tell us to listen for the voice of him because the end time prophetical order is coming to pass every day. Turn your TV on every day. Watch the news every day. That everything that God has spoken has come to get to pass except Christ and come himself through the clouds. Wars, moves of, rumors of wars, homosexuality, bestiality, children going with children, uh, fathers going with sons, all kinds of mess, uh, hatred. Uh, uh, God is on his way back. And so it was in the, in the beginning, it shall be in the end. The same way that God spoke through, uh, uh, the, the prophet Elijah. It comes down to the prophet Elijah. The prophet, the prophetic order. God's giving us a word through his people today. It might be a different people. Might be a different name. It might be another different generation, but God giving us a word from heaven that when I gave you a place to worship me, you didn't want to worship. When I give you, you just do what you want to do. But just like Elijah in the Old Testament, there's John the Baptist in the New Testament crying out, saying, repent, repent, for the world is coming back at hand. 
prophecy. Prophecy is a word spoken from the heavens to God's people. Prophecy is a word that comes before destruction. Prophecy is a word that's warning his people, get it together. Prophecy is coming for his word. God is coming and telling us, be ye ready. I'm on my way back. And if he spoke it from Elijah, if he spoke it from Elijah, if he spoke it from Joshua, he spoke it from generation, generation, and now it's 2020 after the death of Christ. The same prophetical work has come from before the beginning. That he's wanting us to hear his word and obey and live by his word and his concepts. Now, what we want to do, what we want to eat, how we want to act, what we want to dress, that's just outward apparel. But you can't get to heaven on your outward apparel. You get to heaven through your relationships with Christ. Whether it was Elijah in the Old Testament or John the Baptist in the New Testament. Year ye prepare the way for the Lord. Because we have to know when God gives us a word. It's a sure word. It is a dynamic word. It is an awesome word. And it is a word with a clarity from God. And God does not lie. God does not lie. So we thank God because the prophet was awesome enough. He was bold enough to speak a word through God to the people. That as the Lord liveth, that's what he said. He said, now this is God speaking to the prophet. He says, as the Lord, Jesus Christ, as the Lord liveth. So he's reminding that this is a word from God. This is not from Elijah, but a word from God. As the Lord liveth, there will be no rain. There will be no dew. There will be no drops on the plant. There will be nothing except I say so. And because, Elijah, I've given you this word, take and go and hide in a place that I can pray, I can deliver, I can give everything you need for the next three and a half years because you delivered my word. And that's what we do as preachers. We're supposed to deliver God's word, not our flesh word, not a design word, not a money word, but giving my word to my people. As the scripture says this, God says, my word have I given to you. He's given this word, a prophetical word in 2020. We're giving a prophetic word from the Elijah of God himself 
it says somewhere in the Bible that one way there will be a witness, and one of them, one of those witnesses might be the Elijah that got a word from God in the last day. So we got to heed the voice of God. And what God tells us to do, do. What God tells us don't do, don't do. And yes, there's a warring in our members. But at the end of the day is when we leave this physical, man says body, where will we end up in eternity? Where will we end up? And what legacy we leave for our children? Not what your girlfriend said, what the other said. What is your legacy that you will leave on the earth that you lived here? That there was an existence of Johnny Mae Edwards. There was an existence of Glenda. There was an existence of Erica. There was an existence of Johnny. There was an existence. There's 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 an existence that you lived. And there was a reason that you lived. And what did you do when you were here on this earth? We're all given an increment of time. What did you do with your life, your time? Did you argue with it? Did you cuss with it? Did you fight with it? Are you, are you leaving an example that even if you don't have children, did your nieces and nephews love you enough and saw the love of God in you that they want to reptilate uh, you? Do you like you? Mm-hmm. Are you leaving something behind so valuable that 20 years will you remember that my mama said so-and-so or my grandma said so-and-so or my aunt said so-and-so? Why? Because I saw the Christ in them. What are you leaving behind? The same way the prophet Elijah said, he spoke a word from God. He said, as the Lord liveth, the Lord that liveth when in Elijah, on this day, this will not happen. Do you have that kind of word in you to leave a legacy of God that your children and that your grandchildren, that your great-grandchildren will uh, uh, give, leave? For example, Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr. lived in such a way that even though he's dead all these years over the civil rights movement, his children, he has a preacher daughter right now called Bernice uh, Williams. She's a storm, stop down, anointed woman of God, filled with the Holy Ghost. His, his children are still filled with the Holy Ghost. And even um, uh, last year when the children were having these uh, children's movements for, for justice, uh, his great-great-great-granddaughter stood there and said, I am the daughter, uh, the granddaughter of Martin Luther King Jr., and I still yet have a dream. What legacy are you leaving with your children like Elijah or Elijah to their children? What legacy do you leave that you existed on this earth from this part in your life. What legacy that you will lay that my, my mother and my father were, were, were born again believers, that my children will know that they were a part of a legacy of love and a prayer and a sound mind 
in God, that mm-hmm. I cannot do evil in the presence of, 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 of goodness because the goodness is built to me. My DNA is God. My DNA is going after God. My DNA know who God is from my mother's womb. My womb is God because of the God that lives within us. Just like Elijah, Elijah spoke and he prophetically through his lips, God said, and the Lord liveth. So that means the God that lives in you, that knew your mama, knew your daddy, lived your grandma's life. Ah, that God that lives in you now lives in the earth in 2021. That as I spoke it to them, that generation, that I will speak it to you. That my sons and daughters shall prophesy. That my sons and daughters will have dream dreams. And Michael and, 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 and Martin Luther King says, and I yet shall have a dream. That one day, and that dream lives in us. And the form of the prophet of Elijah, when he said openly that as the Lord liveth, I shall live according to his word. As the Lord liveth, I am the son of the daughter of God. As the Lord liveth, that this body belongs to me. As the Lord liveth, that I will serve him lest I die. As the Lord liveth, no matter what good, I will not. I will turn back sin, and I will follow the living God. As the Lord liveth, as the Lord giveth, as the Lord taketh away, I am that I am. By the grace of God, we shall live in infinity together with God one day again. And that same God that spoke to Elijah, the same God, when that Elijah died, the Elijah did twice as many miracles. That same God that proceeded of gone again and again because as that word from heaven says, as the Lord liveth. So we acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ himself tonight that we will live as God shall live in us. Maybe not in this body mortally forever, but as the Lord liveth. And I serve a great God, that as I live for him, I will pass on my seed of God and my children. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the move of God. I thank you because Sometimes we have to remember that the word of God comes down through generations and generations. God, sometimes we have to remind us who we are. Because even your word says, put me in remembrance of my word. So, God, I put in remembrance of your word tonight that we are a seed of a seed of a seed of Abraham, that you promised us, that you said to Abraham, you said, son, Abraham, look up at the star. See how many I can produce in your image. That I can look down in the sands and I'm going to even multiply you 
more and more and more. But as the Lord liveth, when I stand before you, God, hallelujah, forgive me for all of my sins. Teach me to be what you want to be. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to stay. Teach me how to fast. Teach me how to live. Teach me, God. And God, when I leave this mortal body, walk and talk in the mind of you that I will see my Christ one day and I will see my mother one day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank amen. you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We thank God. thank God for tonight. Everybody turning tuning in tonight to hear a lot of prophetic stuff on Sunday night fire. Amen. Amen. The speaker was tonight. Amen. With Dr. Prophetess Linda Lane, Alaman in South Carolina. And we just thank you for thank you, uh, Prophet Saints, for that word, that powerful word, um, on us and sometimes we just get, you know, like I thought I even, you know, find myself getting a little frustrated. And, and it's a lot. Lately, it's been a lot. Um, because maybe, like you said, God is uh, trying to teach me something. But it's like, okay, waiting on what is he trying to teach me besides patience? What is he teaching me besides endurance? You know, um, and you're right because this particular generation, they want everything now. They don't understand the tonality of waiting on God. They don't understand what it means to wait. And we know that, you know, in that word, the word tarry means to wait. So there's a uh, process um, that we have to go through or something that we we as uh, believers have to experience what tarrying is. And some people do not know the meaning of what parent and, like you said, and waiting is all about. Um, um, anxious, you have a lot of people that's anxious, a lot of people that is very temporal because they want God to move then, you know. And sometimes they get to the point that people want to, uh, literally want to give up because of the fact that, you know, what's the purpose, what's the point? You know, what's the purpose at the point? I mean, is this is is this is what all that is counted for? All the work that you um put into um ministry or put into even your personal life, is this just it? You know? Um and sometimes you do question because it's like when Job made that complaint before God because he was a purchase perfect and a righteous man. And we asked, we're like, well, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to um, get the, the, uh, receive these boils. I did not ask for my wife to cut me out and tell me curse God and died and ask for my children, you know, to be stripped away. I didn't ask for that stuff. I didn't pray for that stuff. Explain to me why am I going through it? You know, I'm, why am I going through it? Why? I'm enduring it. And then God began to reveal to him. You know, he started talking to him about the creation. You know, what was the purpose of the creation? You know, and even uh, when you talk about the creation, even though that um, through the fall of man, um, an error was created. 
in the midst of that. So this is, I think, that's what, um, like you said, all of this is coming from is that because of fall of man, um, it's ordained um, for us to experience something. Just like what Christ experienced on the cross. It's the same thing that we're experiencing here, you know. Um, even though this place is temporal, but then it seems like it's forever. <laughs> it seems like it's forever. Um, but we give God glory on tonight for that word. Let me just say that one word more thing. Let me just say, let me just say this here. There are, five, there are four or mm-hmm. five words that we all we always ask God: What, why, when, and where? Yes. What, why, when, and where? Those four questions we as human beings ask God constantly. We might ask God that all these questions all day long. Why did it happen? When? What? Where? Where? God doesn't. God is. We're not. He's not concerned about all these. What? Which one? He said, "Trust me." He said, "Trust me." He says, "Trust and mm-hmm. lean not to your own understanding." So when those questions mm-hmm. like "What? When? Why? Where?" He said his word. He said, "Don't, don't, don't question me." He said, "I'm in charge." See, that's the thing is when you when that's one of the things that when you you lay down your life or you you change your life, you're no longer in charge. Well, you weren't really mm-hmm. in charge anyway. Mm-hmm. You just thought you were. So when you keep saying what, when, why, where, God knows when, God knows why, God knows where, and God who's who. God knows everything. He says before he knew it, before we know, we, we ask, and he already knew the answer. So we're constantly mm-hmm. saying, why this happened, when this happened, right. how long it's going to go to, and I don't know why. And I, why, 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 why? He's not concerned about things. He just wants to live for us to live for him. He wants us to live him, live for him and be like him and act like him and talk like him and walk like him. He's not saying, why this happened? And I don't know. And I didn't do nothing. And I don't know what happened. And I'm trying to do as I can. No, it's what, when, why, where, and how long. No, don't worry about that. We just have to mm-hmm. trust. And when we constantly ask God why, 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 are we really trusting him? Mm-hmm. We say we trust him. We act like we trust him. And we say, oh, Lord, I trust you. But then you say, well, God, then you get to sleep and you can, then you think, why, why? I woke up because I had a dream. I woke up because I had a bad dream. I can't sleep. I can't mm-hmm. this. I can't this. And see, we've got to start saying, start murmuring and stop drumming like this apostle said the other night. You just have to say, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't have to understand it, but I, I thank you. I thank you. If just to like go to bed at night, saying thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you every time something happens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. You know, you know, you know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because if you say God, just my your will is whatever you will for my life, and then you complain and you upset and you want to know what's going on, we prolong we prolong a lot of stuff. We yeah. stay we get in a we get in a long we stay in long processes of things because we don't allow God to work as fast as he wants us to do because we're trying to tell him what to do. He tells we try to tell him, this is enough now, God. I'm sick of this. Let's go on. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of time when we tell God, okay, I'm sick of this, I'm tired, I'm tired. He said, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna let you wait a little longer. <laughs> You know, because you're telling God what to do. God, he, he don't tell him what to do. He tells you what to do. He makes a way when he wants the way. He knows right now when you're going to come out of this situation. He knows the day, the hour, the second, the millisecond. He knows that, but you don't know it. He tells us right. to trust. I don't have no clue. Trust. 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 Yeah. He tells us to trust in him and do, then he says, and do good. I don't want to do good. I'm miserable. But he says, trust and do good. <laughs> you tell me I got I to gotta do good. I don't want to be good. I don't want to do good. I just want this over with. That commercial say, I want my money and I want it now. <laughs> right. But, but God say, no, you get that money when I want you to get it, because that way I know when you get it, you know how to handle it. But if I give you money now, you might not handle it well, and then you have to come back and aggravate me some more. So I'm going to give you when you need it, but not when you want it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to wait. That's why he say, wait, wait again, I say, on the Lord. Because what he want and what we want now is two different things, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff wow. like that. So you, you just have to, we just have to learn to wait. You you do your assignment and what God tells you to do, and after you do your assignment, mm-hmm. you sit and wait for His next instructions. Because He's He bless He bless Elijah because Elijah did what He told him to do. He sat there and He waited for God to come and give him a word. So he said, as the Lord liveth. So God's coming now to the prophet and telling the prophet what is going to happen. And once he got that word from God, he said, now prophet, because you did what I told you to do. You stood up to the to the, to the man and told us what was going to happen. And now you go and prepare because I've already made sure you're going to eat. Now the nation might not eat. The, the the line might line must be dry. Uh, 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 the, there's no dew. There's no dust. There's dust everywhere. Our lips are dry. Uh, we don't have nothing. But God said, I made a way of escape through the prophet because the prophet had the nerve to tell the truth. Mm. Wow. And for three and a half years, he says he started at three, but when the prophet went, it actually was three and a half years. At three and a half years, he told him where to go. He sat there and he fed him for over three years with a bird that said he wasn't supposed to even feed him, touch him, touch a man. So God is in charge of everything. The water, the bird, wasn't supposed to do it. Every day like clockwork, like a timepiece, like the crow. Uh-huh. There's no biological reason that a crow should clock every day. But even if you ain't got no 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 phone, you ain't got no clock, somewhere, somehow, a crow, a crow is, uh, 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 he's, he's, he's crowing every day, a certain time every day. That's God's time peace. Wow. wow. So we have to wait for him and his time peace and his situation. 
And when mm-hmm. he does that, and if he promised us he's going to make a way of escape, you just can't do nothing but just believe that what God said. God, that's what your word said. I'm standing on your word. It's not my word, God. Your word said it. And I'm. And, and then he says, put, he says, he says, Erica, put me in remembrance of my word. If I said I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless you. He didn't say when. He didn't say how. He didn't say who through. He said, but he said, Erica, I'm going to do so and so and so. And that's all that matters. If he can, if you can get God to promise you he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Mm. So we got to wait and then wait patiently, you know. But it's hard. The hardest part is the patience. But when he wait patiently, everything's laid out there. The house can be given to you. The car can be given to you. The business can be given to you. They they can come in and say, hey, I'm going to let you um, do this. You might not have anything on your books or you can do, but favor. The Bible says favor is right. not fair. Favor is just favor. Favor comes from God. Favor doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from education. It doesn't come from knowledge. Mm-hmm. It come, Favor comes from directly from the throne of grace. And that's grace. Favor. Because you don't deserve it, but because I love you and you are doing what I ask you to do, I'm going to bless you. Mm-hmm. That's God's favor. You can live without money, but you can't live without favor. That's true. Mm-hmm. You can have without, you can live without money because God will make people give you uh-huh. money or do for you. Uh-huh. But you can't live without God's favor. Mm. Wow. Wow. And that's why it's important to have a prophet, a prophet in your ministry. That's why it's important to have people who have a God of hand on them. Mm-hmm. 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 And that's what prophecy is, a foretelling or the foreknowing mm-hmm. what God is saying. Amen. 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 Amen on tonight. Try to tune in, guys, tune in throughout the week. And then we have announcements. And it's uh, Tuesday night in God's Word. Uh, and that's uh, Pastor Jerry Harmon. Tuesday night. Wednesday night is our apostolic alignment, which is the Apostle Tate at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Thursday night, every Thursday night, is a mantle prayer with Dr. Property's Glenda Lane. Amen. On at 9 p.m. You do not want to miss. Amen. And on Sunday, come and worship with us. Amen. On Sunday morning, manna. Amen. On Sunday morning, manna throughout the week um, at 1130. Amen. Where the, the, the word from heaven comes through. Amen. And one thing I know, one thing about us on the podcast, we, we're always spirit-led. 
Um, and sometimes uh, people feel that because you have a network that if you have to be doing this and you have to be doing that. And my thing is with your kids, who are you trying to prove? What are you proving? Are you trying to prove yourself a man or are you trying to do the kingdom of God, you know? Um, and I think a lot of times, um, prophets, a lot of people, um, don't realize, even though that God gives us a vision to do these things. Amen. You know, we don't have to be really seen because sometimes, you know, as me, I can, I can work behind the scenes. It don't make a difference mm-hmm. to me because um, yeah. the work that, that you do for Christ is going to last. It's not the work that you do for men that's going to last, but it's the work that we do for Christ himself that's going to last. And, and I believe that, you know, God is getting the glory out of everything that we do, you know, even though we experience detours or we experience a little, a little, you know, little changes and stuff like that. But God give us, give us, um, um, like you said, a way to endure, you know. And I would never think, you know, at this time, um, being, being, uh, um, becoming, um, a firm apostle, um, in 2021 or 2022 that, you know, you wouldn't experience so much. And knowing that I guess that God was trying to move me into another level, there were some casualties that was going to come behind it, knowing that mm-hmm. people think that when God elevates you, that you think that you're out of the, you're exempt from a lot of things, and you're not. And that's what it is. A lot of people think that because they are, in, you know, uh, in ministry that you are exempt from everything and you're not. Um, you're not exempt from being homeless. You're not exempt from going through a bad divorce. You are not exempt from, like you say, having a bad relationship. You're not exempt from losing everything. You're not exempt for those things. But the key is, are, are we willing to still go forth in spite of what, uh, like you say, happening in your life? You're not exempt and sometimes even experiencing a drought, you know, mm-hmm. because like you said, with, uh, tonight, when you talked about tonight, uh, about Elijah, um, at some point he did prophesy, he did prophesy the drought. And when he mm-hmm. prophesied the drought, like you said, everybody else suffered, but Elijah, even in the midst of the drought, God did not allow uh, him to go without. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes some sense to me that even though I don't have what I have, you know, because I desire to have more. And I'm like, okay, I, I said, Father, I work so hard. And you see the, you're supposed to see the fruit of your labor. You know, if people 